Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning and salutations. Good morrow to ye, young man. Run down to the shop and buy me the biggest Christmas goose they've got, for I've had a dream last night. A dream of three ghosts visiting me and telling me about Barkano. Ah, uh, but my sir, tis not Christmas Day. It's well, Halloween. It is, well, for us The it's day Halloween. to get visited by ghosts. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be Halloween when this episode comes out, though. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be after Halloween. Which, to be fair, if I get it done in the morning, it still might technically be Halloween in the United States of America. Ooh. One of the premier celebrators of Halloween across the world. Uh... Someone at work was saying, my daughter and I are going on a Halloween thing. And she's so naive. She'll just point out, oh, that man doesn't have an arm. Can we get it back? And I thought, yes, that's the spirit of Halloween. Just coming together and knowing we're all skeletons deep down with replaceable limbs. Bury me with my golden arm. (laughs) Are you familiar? No. Okay, Quibi. Quibi was a shitty uh, video platform designed to deliver content in 10 minute chunks to circumvent union regulations. Wait, union regulations? Yes. What? Hang on, do you mean videos or like... Yeah, content. Video content. Okay, yep, I'm with you again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, it was a union-busting gig, essentially, and it all sucked, Mm -hmm. but they made this shitty show that was meant to be like a short horror anthology, where the plot... And this made the huge rounds on the Twitter, Mm -hmm. uh, as people laughing at it when Quibi came out. Uh, Rest in peace, Quibi, you will not be missed, but I will miss the fact that the Australian government invested like $50,000 of taxpayer money in Quibi. Yikes. Um, (laughs) Oh. She loses her arm, uh-huh. and then she, her husband builds her a prosthetic gold arm, and she loves it so much. But then, because the arm is made of gold, she gets pulmonary gold disease and dies from it because she refuses to take it off. What? You got pulmonary gold disease, the doctor says. And then as she's dying, and it looks like she's been all fucked up by radiation, <laughs> she's like, bury me with my golden arm. This is like some Junji Ito, but bad. Yeah. Like, a very poor attempt at Junji Ito, where it's like, what if You're she You're not just, wrong. What if she just doesn't take she off the, the arm? She loves the arm so yeah. much, and it ruins her life. She's obsessed with the arm. She needs the arm. And then I haven't watched it, but then I think, like, after she dies, the husband is like, I could use the money from that golden arm. Better dig it up. And then, like, her ghost murders him or something. Is it, like, a really bad... Um, you know Tim and Eric's hol- uh, Halloween sh- tales or whatever they were? No, but go on. It was, like... Tim and Eric's bedtime stories, and it was like a series, I think there might have been six Halloween-centric stories that they made, and like one of them was like a guy moves to a house, and the neighbor's like, hey friend, how you going? You want to come by for a barbecue? We're having a barbecue tomorrow, we're going to have this, and then classic Tim and Eric style goes on for like three minutes of him being like, you know, we got these sausages, we got these kind of sausages, we got these kind of sausages, we got these kind of sausages, just keeps going. But the end point is basically that he has to dig his own grave and bury himself in it. Right. And it's like, you're watching it and you're watching it unfold being like, you know what to do. It's funny you mentioned uh, Tim and Eric because I was listening to um, one of the Trash Future episodes on Quibi uh, this week. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. You're listening to it on Quibi. No, no. I was listening to an ep- one of their episodes about Quibi. Sorry. I phrased that ambiguously. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, and they described everything because because this content is uh, because of the sort of whole anti-union uh, pay people peanuts thing behind it. Yeah. It's all entirely driven by you know, committee or by exec decisions rather than actually like engaging a creative who they would have to pay for their mm. their ideas. So they described it as like, uh, you know, apart from like a game show on it that you might, you know, get a celebrity guest looking for a quick payday or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, they described it as... Um, you have just received what I assume is a message about baseball. G- Genshin Impact. <laughs> okay. And you're like, hold the fuck up. All right, this is, look, this is necessary and needed. This this ignorance will not stand. The masses must learn. In the Japanese version, instead of describing people who can become, become gods as allergens, Venti calls them Genshin. Ah. Okay. Um, <laughs> they describe it as like all the shows are like things that Jack Donaghy would come up with on 30 Rock. Where it's like, okay, okay, here's the... Here's like the Mill di- Island. Yep. Or, yeah. we, we need to have the lowest common denominator of all our views. Yeah. And we know they're going to take it. And because they aren't engaging, like, you know, union editors Mm -hmm. with, like, actual, like, work history and things like that, it looks like it's all edited by Tim and Eric. Oh, Jesus, (laughs) no. Are you telling me this place actually made Tim and Eric-esque content? Not deliberately. Not deliberately? 
But anyway, I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's. That's the longest we've gone without getting to that point. <laughs> this is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion show, where today we are recapping and discussing episodes 11 and 12 of Bacano. What a hot mess of a show. This is more or less the climax of Bacano. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was originally a 13-episode run, which uh, aired those 13 episodes, then had three episodes uh, on, I think, the DVD release as an OVA. Mm-hmm. So in a certain sense, apart from a few loose ends of climax that have yet to be wrapped up, I expect most of next episode to be a semi-denouement. The hell is a denouement again? That is like after the action when things are settling uh, back into place. I see. Sort of like a... Um, a <laughs> I was about to say Death Stranding because I can't get that term Sort of like a... After the fight. Strand game. Mm, a certain amount of walking done after you're done. A certain patreon.com slash Jojo's World Death Stranding episode. God, it was so long, Liam. It was so I long. I could have gone for longer. How? How could we... Go- I've got so much to say about that video oh game. We only scratched the surface, Nicholas. We should. I didn't even talk about the thematic links to Homestuck very oh, much. Jesus Christ. I should set up a poll that's just, what do you want to talk about? Thematic links to Homestuck. Thematic links to Homestuck. But I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, I'm getting the vibe that it's a bit of a climax right now. I'm getting that. But at the same time... With a lot of people fighting each other on top of a train. Mm. Like, different fights, but they're all happening simultaneously. But also, like, it's still very... Things are just happening. Yeah. Things are just unfolding before us. In three different time zones, by which I mean years. By by which you mean time ranges. Yeah. Not like Greenwich Mean Time, UTC, and some other way. No, pretty time much zone. everyone is in whatever the Eastern Standard Time Zone of the United States is. Uh, ooh, PST? Pacific? I think it's. Is East Pacific? I don't know. Ooh, boy. I this don't is... really care <laughs> about which oceans the United continental States. America borders. <laughs> William. What if I told you that to learn such a thing would both open up your mind and be a thrilling adventure? Yeah, what if I told you to learn such a thing would both thrill and kill me? (laughs) What if I told you that it would be so boring that your heart would literally stop and then the blood would just kind of... Nick, Blaseball is, of course, on a grand siesta for the next month. So Uh this is a perfect time for any enterprising listeners to figure out what that whole deal is and then get on board when it resumes. There is a half-hour summary video on YouTube from the Blaseball News Network. That's got to be well out of date by now. No, no, no. It came out like a week ago. Ah. Yeah, it's everything up to season eight. That sounds right. Um, Peace and prosperity. Yeah, so far. So... If you're interested, check it out. Nick, episode 11 of Barkano. No more news time. Here we go. Guys, it's humid in the room. It's one of those episodes. Oh my God. It's 37, or it was 37 degrees yesterday. And today it's still 37 probably. We are the boys of summer. Wait, is that us or is that the episode name? We'll find out. See if if we say anything more interesting later. (laughs) You know this won't happen. Shane Lafaray is silent before the two mysterious people. But who are the two mysterious people? In 1930, Vero flirts with Ennis while his boss Miser meets his nemesis, which is they're still spelling as Slizzard. Slizzard? <laughs> yep, that's still not his name. Do you reckon someone went his name? Ennis's master. Though? In 1931, Claire and Lad fight aboard the Flying Pussyfoot. Classic. They sure do. They, I mean, yep. If there's one thing you can say about those two, they fight aboard the flying pussyfoot. And boy, did they. Boy, did they. Shane was also there, being silent towards them. She really didn't do anything for, like, the she second did, half of that yeah, fight. Yeah, she, she just kind of stood around. I mean, so, you know. To be fair, he Lad really, really likes the sound of his own voice, and Claire was talking to him. She can't really contribute until the punches start flying again, it's right? It's true. It's true. 1930. We are... Everyone is having a great time at the restaurant where mere hours ago, Firo had his Kimura initiation. Oh, with his gun that he, the guy was like, you don't have to do this. And then he didn't. They were like, hey, he's in. I'll fire a shot into the ceiling to celebrate. Oh, we thought he hit Isaac, but actually he's fine. 
he yeah went through his hat i think yeah yeah so uh the gandors are also there celebrating because they're on good terms with the martillos mm. isaac and maria are there everyone's just drinking and having a good time miser and fero are in like a back room or a loading bay having a quiet little scotch or whiskey themselves mm-hmm. and they're being very serious hey miser how did your knife wound from our initiation knife fight Seal, heal so fast. <laughs> I might tell you one day, buddy. Uh. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, I can keep a secret. I might tell you one day, buddy. <laughs> Wait, look, there's that woman, Annis, running past. I've got her cuff button. Pushes there. up glasses. I might tell you one day, buddy. He runs outside and Miser's like, oh, well. Wait, wh- where are you going? I was going to, oh, oh, well. oh, I was, I was going to tell you. Well, I wasn't, but you know. Firo chases up to Annis. She does martial arts on him. <laughs> Hero is just like, Ennis has been posted up as like, I can basically take down anyone because I'm super cool and super martial artsy. And then Firo just comes on and is like, hey, quit it. Bam. He also did some good martial arts. The one thing these two have in common, mm-hmm. pretty much, mm-hmm. is that they have both beaten up Dallas Genoa in an alleyway. This is a true fact. <laughs> this is a true fact. I really struggle to see why Carol described Firo as protagonisty. In episode one, because he we're in episode 11 and 12 now, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really done anything. But he's got a good heart. You know, he's, <laughs> he's got, got a, a good, handsome face. He's got a young flair to him. He's got a green suit, but he just hasn't really done anything other than find Ennis's cuff button. Yeah. And have a knife fight with Miser. Yeah, but I mean, he's got good protagonist energy, you know? I guess, but he, yeah, he's, I don't know. he's got a nice Maybe he'll smile. do something in episode 13 that will bring it back around. Maybe he'll eat Zillard. I mean, maybe. Who maybe. knows? I, is Fira immortal yet? Don't think so. Maybe. Mm. It's unclear. Maybe pretty soon. As we'll find out in the next episode we discussed today, he is about to get shot up with a Tommy gun. So if he's not yet, it's got to happen soon. Uh, pretty soon. Okay, so he gives her the button back and is like, no, stop doing martial arts at me. I just wanted to give you this button. And she's like, oh my God, this button symbolizes the thing I'm missing from my life, human connection. Oh, I get it. It's Death Stranding. Oh my God. Oh my God. You've delivered this button to me. Wow, thanks. But I I will join the Kimura. (laughs) (laughs) Likes engage. We get the title card. It's 1931. We're on the train again. We're on the train. Oh, there's only one corpse in here. I guess they failed to kill Shine. She must be fighting that guy on top of the train. Say the black suit, guys. Execute order 66. (laughs) Which is, hey, everyone, kill Shine. So I think... I think what happens is that Claire and Chez have a convo now? Not yet. Okay. Um, right now, um, all of the uh, Lemurets just got Order 66 and they're like, mm-hmm. are we really going to kill Shino? Yeah, I guess so. And then like Lad jumps down from the ceiling. He's like, hey boys, <laughs> Kills one guy, holds a knife to another throat. The third guy runs away and he's like, I want you to tell me everything you know about everything. <laughs> And then he basically learns everything there is to know. In these two episodes, so many people, like, every, we're really using every part of the train. So many people are, like, shooping through windows or jumping down from the ceiling or <laughs> hiding behind boxes and then revealing themselves. It's like anyone who is a protagonist is in an unusual spot. Or, anyone or who's can... not is like, oh, well, I mean, the car, tr- the car has seats, right? So we should sit in the seats, not in the bonnet. Or hanging down by the wheel struts. <laughs> But they're never hiding behind boxes. It's always the protagonist. Hey, that bastard ran away. Oh, well, I am pretty scary. So why don't you just tell me everything? And then I won't, maybe I won't kill you. Next time we see this guy, Lad has definitely killed him. You know what I don't understand about this scene? So the first guy is killed immediately. Yeah. Second guy, he's got a knife point. He like Goomba stomps him. Third guy has Has a a gun on him already. (laughs) So he could just shoot him up. But he runs away. But he runs away. Maybe he likes that guy that Lad has a knife to his throat. I guess, but like... He does like, hey, you, you funky fella, drop that gun too. Yeah, or I'll... Classic hostage Yeah, or I'll kill this guy. But like, eh, okay. I'd have just shot him and been like, yeah, try like cutting through his neck now, big boy. Mm I I say I would have shot him, but I, you know. So Lad's like, wow, that woman on top of the train is amazing. Tell me everything. And then we cut away. Cheslaw, Cheslaw's had a hard day. He's like, yikes. He looks pretty downcast and he goes and sits down... Uh, in an empty carriage and it's just like I didn't like it having my head blown off it was certainly unpleasant again and then oh oh great the rail traces here (laughs) Claire Stanfield covered in blood is like hey how you doing boy I saw that guy shoot you and you're still alive what's your whole friggin deal tell me 
Are you dead? I also heard you tell telling him how you want to kill everyone on the train. So, you know, I'm sort of weirdly attached to this train and everyone on it on account of being a conductor. So I'm just really going to fuck you up for a little while, small child. Turns out that despite being a character on good terms with the Gandor family, I'm pretty fucked up. <laughs> Listen, kid. L lay out your lay out your deal. All right, lay it out for. So me. he's like, "Hey, what's your name, kid?" He's like, "My name is is Benjamin." <gasps> uh, you're lying to me, Cheslaw. We both know your name's Cheslaw. Yeah. You used it in the other room. I'm the rail tracer, and I'm gonna rail trace you. And Cheslaw's all like, "You wouldn't do that to a poor kid, would you?" And then he grabs his throat and like crushes it. Yep, literally with one hand, he just kills him. We cut away for a bit. Let, let's just get through this whole thing now for okay. the sake of cameras. So he reforms, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna keep killing you over and over again." And then Cheslaw gives us his backstory. He's like, "Please, I've been tortured so much by that long-haired guardian of mine we saw in the Advina Avis episode. He went like fucking bonkers and like put red hot pokers in my eyes every day and dipped me in acid. He wanted to quote test the limits of our mortality. I mean, come on, there's man. nothing you can do to me that hasn't been done. And then like Claire basically is like." Yeah, there is. And Cheslaw's like, oh no. <laughs> it's literally like half a minute of, I mean, you know about Japanese torture, Chinese torture. You had your muscles like picked out one by one. And carvings in the bones. I mean, come on, man. There's so much. pretty gruesome. So Cheslaw, Cheslaw is having an unpleasant train ride. Yeah. I think the next time we see him, he's getting his arm torn off. Oh yeah. He does that thing where he slams him down into the, um, the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll do that eventually. The sad, sad, painful life of Cheslaw Meyer. Oh man, what a Meanwhile, name. Nice and Nick have been captured by Goose and his associates. Oh, the black suit guys. And they're, they're like, no, there is a monster on the train. Please, you're full of shit. No, there's a monster. And where's that monster right now? Torturing Cheslaw. <laughs> He's just straight up just poking his hand down so to the earth. Chane is strutting down the carriage with a couple of knives in each hand. And then she gets back up on the roof. And then Lad's back up on the roof. <laughs> And he's all like, like hey, oh, here we are again. I thought I'd find you here. Hey, I know all about you now. This guy told me. And he holds up the, the dead guy. The decapitated head of the third man. Or the second man. Rather. I think he's still got his body attached, but like he's opened his throat and he flaps, his, oh, that makes more flaps sense. it around like a mouth. Yeah. I know about how you're the, a devotee of this guy called Huey. You're really into this Huey guy, huh? You know how they were going to kill you? Well, that's no good. I'm role playing her right now. Oh, right. I see. Yep. <laughs> Not responding. <laughs> So they were talking about how, like, you actually weren't in favour of their plan to take over the train. Don't like taking hostages and stuff. That's pretty, pretty sad and weak if you ask me. I'm a psychopath. And I'm a mute. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so lads are... And how do you know that Huey guy isn't just using you too, huh? And then she gets real angry. Yeah, she's just like, how dare you disparage Huey? Huey. He's the one man I loved. Yeah, bit of fighting, bit of fighting. And uh, Lad kicks her back and is all like, hey, I'm hey. going to kill Huey when I get off this train. I hear he's immortal, but I'm going to kill him real good anyway. I'm going to find a way to kill him and I'm going to kill him. Mark my words, lady. Because I'm not really interested in killing you because you don't have that sort of self-assuredness about yourself, about how you're never going to die like them. But uh, I think if I kill Huey, that'll really get your goat. And you're good at fighting and I want to fight you. Yeah, you're risking your life here and you know you are, which means you think you could die. Which, ugh. But Huey, Huey, there's a man I could kill. They fight briefly and Lad knocks her off the train and he's like, oh, well, that was a little disappointing. And then Terminator style. We hear a clink as she jams her knives into the train and climbs back up. Huh. huh. Well, well, well. Look what the train dragged in. If it ain't the dame on the train. More talking about how he's going to kill Huey just to like rile her up essentially. Mm -hmm. And Shane's going to attack. But then, oh man, now the rail tracer is up here too. How is this happening? Time shenanigans. And he's like grabbing the knives out of her hand. And he's like, I heard everything. I heard that you were going to... More on that later. Stab. I heard you're not going to stab. I'm here. I'm Miser, still covered in blood. Miser is sitting alone at, at the party in the restaurant. Yes. And a cloaked figure comes and sits down at the table with him. But who is the cloaked figure? Oh, it's Zillard. <gasps> Zillard Quaites! The first time they've met since the Advina Avis. Ah, uh, how long has it been now? Miser. 200 years-ish. Yeah, I've, I've been counting. I'm very old. And then all these other, like, mafia mooks walk in. It's like, hey, who's this geezer? And Miser's all like, get away. You guys need just, to run. Just calmly walk out. Come the fuck on. Just don't ask questions. Just leave now. I'm your superior. This guy's killed 13 of my closest friends, including my brother. And Zillard's like, well, actually, I've done five more since then. So, so that's 18, yeah. just if we're just, keeping count. You know, count. if you just want to be accurate with your facts there, Miser. And then the goons are like, well, okay, if he's 
killed your buddy. Sounds like if trouble. You're, if you're no friend, I'm just going to do a lot of bad accents this episode. So just fair warning, everyone. This episode. What <laughs> <laughs> touche. If you're no friend of misers, you're no friend of ours. Let's shoot him, everyone. And I thought they they all shoot him up, and like no one really cares that much. Like the waitress woman that we've seen a couple of times screams, but but you know all the mafia guys are just like, oh, uh, I guess yeah. we're shooting. It's a mafia party. I thought he was going to um, Santana them, uh huh, where you know he shoots the bullets back out of his own body. <laughs> yep, I'm with you. But instead, he Joseph Joe stars them, where all of a sudden he has a Tommy gun. Just out of nowhere, he just pulls it out. He's like, ah, you thought you could kill me, but I came well prepared. Yeah. Outside, uh, Firo hears the shots and is going to run back in to help, but Ennis tackles him. He's like, no, don't go in there. My master Zillard will kill you. And then... Downstairs, the Gandors hear it, and I'm like, oh, Don... Don... Quixote. Don Martello? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please, this could be because of some some bad business we're involved in. Please let us go deal with this. We would never dishonour you by making by bringing this, this trouble to your doorstep deliberately. Mm. They're on good terms. Yeah. So, back on the train. Back on the roof of, of the, the train. train. Claire is up there, still covered in blood, fresh from torturing Cheslaw for a while. <laughs> He's like... Hey, this got pretty interesting. So what happened was he was in the conductor's room. Which is at the back of the train. Cabin gate. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently, For some reason. Apparently they're called a caboose. I knew that. Uh, and they We've were, talked about that before. And they're at the back of the train, so they can watch overheating and axle problems. Huh. Which I was like, why is that at the back of the train? I don't it know. It makes even less sense to me now. <laughs> He was in the conductor's room, and when Shane stabbed the knife through to climb back up, he was like, oh, someone's causing trouble on my train. Better get up there. Mm-hmm. And he heard the whole conversation. Oh, the stabbing grazed my ears, he says. Oh, anyway, oh, this is actually an interesting character moment, because he's like, hey, at least say sorry. But then she's like shaking her head like, no, I don't speak. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. That was very presumptuous of me to assume you could speak. I didn't realise that you, uh, you're so... Enchanted. I was out of line there. That that was me. That was on me. But man, you lad, you're yeah, an arsehole. He walks up past both of them like, please, please go on. I'll kill whoever wins. I got next. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> I play winner. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's just standing there like, go on. And lad's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, I'll kill whoever wins. And then lad runs and attacks him. He does some ludicrous flips. <laughs> because as we know, he's superhuman. They're all on top of a speeding train right now. <laughs> Is it true that you don't want to kill these people, Shane? Well, that's all right. You're all right by me then. I guess I'll help you. Two on one. I get next. <laughs> so, ah, oh, so lad's like, ah, oh, you're the one who's been killing all my men in the black suits. Ah, oh, yep, 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 yep. Gotta fight you. I legit can't remember half this, this scene. They, they talk back and forth for like basically all of this episode and the yeah. next, but like lad's angry that he would help that a man as, as strong and proficient at violence as, uh, as, as Claire would, would help people. And he's like, well, that's the whole point is that I'm so strong that I'm allowed to have compassion and empathy. Yeah. You lad, you're just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you fuck off this train? And he, we get the first taste of what he really goes into in, I'd say tedious detail in the next episode mm-hmm. uh, about like his solipsism how everyone else is in his world yeah, and like how this, can you this prove... world is his dream and when he dies the world will cease to he's a regular hara he's suzumiya ah except in that case it was true <laughs> pity and compassion are reserved for the strong the strong and i am strong i'm and, real strong and of I'm course rail tracer motherfucker. nothing gets lad's murder boner going like someone who believes they can't be killed mm. And I think specifically at some point, Claire's like, oh yeah, no, I definitely can't be killed. Yeah. I'm the best there ever was. And, and Lad's like, oh, I'm getting so horny to kill you. And then oh, very, there was just a really cool sequence of shots where it was like visually. Would we yeah, say cool? Yeah, I really liked it. Okay. So it was like a series of repeated close-ups on like the eyes and um, faces in profile of Shane, Claire and Lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and visually they were being transitioned by like uh, the branches of trees and stuff whipping by mm-hmm. uh, and audibly they were being transitioned by like gunshot sounds and it yes. just went probably like half a thousand times across each of their faces now here's the thing it looked like to me a powerpoint presentation <laughs> where you keep flicking from slide or like thing to thing but like made by a 14 year old who's like dun 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 for every so letter cool. i thought it was a nice stylistic i like the segue but i didn't like the first bit and then we segued from that 
to a bunch of Tommy gun bullets hitting the wooden board, boarded up windows outside the speakeasy in 1930. Nicely done. I like, my friends are in there. I've got to go in there. No, you can't. Oh, I'm a homunculus that he built. He can kill me with a thought. Miser, if you'd just let me eat you, none of these men would have had to die. Zillard, you suck. Don Martillo, <laughs> let us handle this. The candles are going upstairs. Isaac and Maria are like, what if it's those goons that kept beating us up in alleyways? What if they came back for us? That made this our fault. <gasps> oh no. Oh no. We can't we've have... got to go hatch a stupid scheme. we got to get out of here somehow. Any means necessary. Zillard, why do you want the elixir so? I just want to know. You know, I just... You wouldn't tell me, Miser. I want to know. Miser, all I want is the knowledge. That's honestly all I want, you know? It's not about power. Actually, it kind of is, because now he says, like, I've created this lesser elixir, and the people who who take that become immune to wounds but still age, and we can eat them and get their knowledge and abilities, but they can't eat us. Don't you get it, Miser? (laughs) It's all about the elixir. The elixir. You keep forgetting. It's all about the cones. Shut up. Uh, Parks and Recreation? Yep, just that one scene. Mm. Mm. So good. Zillard can relay information through me because I am like a self... self Self-replicant Osmosis supplication of his female cells. And then Firo quite understandably goes, Hey, fuck that. What are you talking about? Hey, I'm not very smart. Can you dumb that down for me a bit? Come on, ELI5 here. Come on. Uh, I live according to his will and he can kill me with a thought. Uh, Literally or? Maybe. We don't know. Unclear. It hasn't hasn't happened yet. Might have to put his hand on her head. Yeah. Uh, The thought is, I'm going to put my hand on your head. Zillard, presumably by virtue of having amalgamated the experiences of 18 different people, uh, and and then something presumably easily overpowers Miser, breaks his hand, forces him into a back room. He's all like, you are going to tell me. All I have to do is eat you, but you're going to tell me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fira is like... Man, a, a father who would kill his daughter with a thought is no father at all. Deep. He's, he's got good protagonist <laughs> thoughts there. Someone as beautiful as you can't be that awful uh, old man's daughter. Uh, uh. And then, oh, oh no, oh no, Dallas Genoa's here. <laughs> so what does he do? He, he just and his walks goons up. have guns and they're like, oh, look, two guys who have beaten me up in alleyways. Hey, you know what I could do? Kill you. It's Dallas. I'm here to be a huge asshole like in every scene. Uh... We get the bit where Cut back to, uh, Cheslaw and the Rail Tracer are talking yeah, and he's all like, over that. you know, I could just torture you forever. And then Cheslaw's all like, you can't torture really me Really disappointing that Cheslaw's guardian just turned into such a massive monster. I, guess, I guess this harkens back to what they were saying on the Advina Avis mm-hmm. about how like, yes, we've become immortal, but we haven't achieved any higher spiritual... We haven't understood um, it, you know? Enlightenment. We are still base humans with like base human fucked upness. Yes. But it's like, we don't understand it. We don't get it. So it's interesting to me that even within the train, we're getting asynchronous storytelling because Claire in this episode is both in this carriage with Cheslaw mm-hmm. and... And on the roof with Lad Russo yeah. and Shane. So I, I presume he fights, um, he tortures Cheslaw for a while and then straps him down below as we see in next episode and then heads up onto the roof. I assume so? I don't know though. I just Oh, he know. bites off his fingers at one point too. Oh yeah, and then that they cook. And then they reform and he's like, see? I I know that you're scared of it happening because maybe there is a pain that you haven't experienced yet, yeah. Cheslaw. I mean so pain let's... is pain, right? Exactly. Pain is pain. I will say, the um, you know, the thing Cheslaw has in his favour, potentially, mm-hmm. is if he's gonna get subtract uh exposed, subtracted. Sorry, uh, uh exposed to like prolonged period of torture either way, is that at least the wounds don't linger with Yes. But True. then that also opens up the the option to do more explicitly lethal things to him. Yes. God, I wish I was subtracted. A couple of the white suited guys, maybe the last ones we'll ever see, <laughs> uh, still in the dining cart with Tommy guns. Like, hey everyone, give us all your money. You remember this is still happening? Look, we're Show really us your into tits money. As well, one of them says. And, and then, then they're like, <laughs> we're evil. Aren't we so sneaky? And then uh, Donnie's huge fist bursts through the door and punches them both to hell. And he's all like, come on, get out of and here. And then Jacuzzi's there and he's like, everyone, we have taken control of the train. And everyone else is like, we know, everyone's taking control of the fucking train. <laughs> and then uh, Jacuzzi's friends on the kitchen staff, Ian and Farn, are like, hey, Jacuzzi. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> We're friends with the latest train robber. 
1932. You might remember that... Um, I don't. Gustavo Runarada. Yes. The big goon who uh-huh. kidnapped Eve. Yeah. Followed her to the Gandalf family hideout and shot them. And then was like, hey, sorry, we're immortal. And they shoot at him. They shoot at they him. They shoot at him. Yep, that yep. makes sense. It's like, oh my god, you are immortal. And then Don Bartillo Runarata comes in. Or as the subtitle said, Don Baltro Runarata. Don Baltro Runarata. Now, you might remember, Nick, this is Gustavo's boss, who we saw in a few previous episodes, mostly in a bathrobe. Yes. Who was just like, can we just fucking get this over with already? He's like, wow, you truly are immortal. I'd heard stories, but never seen it. I see you've killed or at least incapacitated my man Gustavo. Well, I never liked him anyway. Will you come and work for me? Ah, uh, no, we couldn't possibly have that. I'm, I'm so sorry. As part of, as part of the Gandors, we can't. We, you know, that's not. I that's... must insist. No, no, no. no, we, no we don't no, want to no, be no, your no. experiment. No, just... Tell me where Dallas Genoar is. No, we I... think we want to tell Eve where Dallas Genoar is. And if you want to follow her, that's it's fine. a proposal no. that just doesn't sit right with me. And that's the end of that episode. And then we get the next episode. Serious Barkano in this ep- next episode. Serious Barkano. A serious Barkano. Oh yeah, it is a bit of a hot mess, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Firo and the Gandor brothers are shot down. <gasps> that happened. Did it? Yeah. I forgot. Already. <laughs> we watched it this morning. Nick. I know. In 1931, Isaac and Maria fall off the train with Cheslaw, and Lad jumps off to rescue his fiancée, Lua. You remember Lua? She's technically in this show. Uh, I remember her. In 1930, Isaac and Maria attempt to save Miser from Zillard, or Slizzard. Slizzard. I swear, the person on IMDb must have just been like, Zillard is a dumb name. Well, I'm assuming they're ripping it from, like, some official Funimation content, right? And that's someone there's getting it wrong. Yeah. Who then they would be all like, eh, Zillard's a dumb name. Make it Slizzard. Slizzard. It just doesn't sound right on the tongue. Hey, my name is Slizzard Quates. Ooh. We open. 1932. It's the future. It's... V. The director's office. Of the Daily Days newspaper. Rachel is still giving her interview to the man behind the big pile of papers. Now, Rachel, why don't you tell me what happened to that leg of yours now? Absolutely. You see, the senator's wife and daughter Mm -hmm. were kidnapped and they were being held in the carriage by a couple of mooks. We've already gotten that. So I kicked through a window into the guy's face. Ah, and that's what caused your leg to break. No. Okay, yep. You see, I decided to be the hero of the train for a while. I rescued the wife and daughter. Uh Wow, that's kind of about your job description, Rachel. Yeah, why the fuck did you do that, Rachel? I like trains. My dad was an engineer. A train engineer? So she's kind of like a, um, she's, her motivation, her, her me- methods are very different, but her motivation is quite similar to the rail tracer yeah. Claire Stanfield's here, which is a an interesting um, dichotomy. Well, yeah, we, we Because get... he, of course, had a huge respect for his mentor, the old conductor, mm-hmm. and also is a conductor. So, you know, he is very explicitly targeting people who are threatening the train or the train's passengers and protecting the people who are legal train passengers with no ill will. And she... Uh, feels a sense of duty that the train passengers should be unharmed because her dad was a train engineer. Hmm. And they both move around on the outside of the train. (laughs) (laughs) They're both spiders. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's like... It's kind of like the opposite motivation of Rachel where she's like, there's been so much blood spilled. I don't want more blood spilled. And Claire is like, Uh, all these people spilling blood. I'm going to spill their blood. Yeah, pretty much. So Claire saves uh, the senator's wife and daughter and is like, you need to run out of here. It's really windy. Take this cloth. Yeah, get up on the roof, head above the dining cart into the second class carriages and you should be safe there. So I guess that's moving from the Lemurs territory into the Russo territory. Mm. Most of which have been dispatched by now, I think. So it's much safer. Yeah. So they run across the top of the train. No lad Russo or Charnay Lafare or Rail Trace would be seen. I think they are down the end. Like at the conductor's cabin. Surely we'd see them at the end. Yeah, but maybe these guys are heading forward? But who knows where this is happening? Yeah, this train has non-Euclidean geometries. (laughs) Who knows where or when any of this has occurred? It's a Barkano. Oh, and here's someone else I can rescue. Nice and Nick have been captured by the Lemurs. So I decided to make them not hostages anymore by jumping on in there. Yep, she shoots on in there, undoes their bonds. And then as they are leaving, another guy bursts in. She jams the door into him. And then when she's getting ho- she's hopping out the window, she gets clipped in the leg by a bullet. <gasps> no, is that what happened to her leg? Yes. Oh. Another Barkano mystery solved. Boom. Uh, and she's all like, you know, there was just... 
So much bloodshed. I just wanted to be a hero and stop the blood getting spilled. Crucially, while she's talking and no one acknowledges it, a Daily Days newspaper employee who is the <laughs> long square-faced Runorata goon who gives zero fucks about Eve Genoard escaping enters and puts some tea on the table. So I guess he's like an undercover sleeper agent, yep. information gatherer guy. That is a hundo P him, right? It's gotta be. Maybe. It's same glasses, same square chin, same hair. I just not know. wearing that hat. Has to be. Because he looks so similar. Yeah. Mm. And no one acknowledges him. There's so much happening in this Barkano. Oh, it's such a Barkano. There's only one thing left for me to tell you, though. And she looks down at her bloodstained hand. What is it? We'll find out soon. Oh, it's not a bloodstain. It's a rope burn. And we'll find out soon why. Hmm. Rope burn. It was probably due, due to rope. Ah. I, I just, I suspect that might be the case. <laughs> This is the part of the episode where Nice goes ham on some goons with her clothes full of bombs. Um, so, well, first we get Jacuzzi, as you say, being cool. Yeah, he hears some explosions down the first classway. He's like, oh, I guess Nice is in trouble. I should go rescue her and be all cool. And then Ian and John are just like, hey. Ian and Fan. Sorry, Ian and Fan are just like, hey, isn't that dangerous? I'm so scared. My knees could give out any moment, but I'm not going to cry. I'm Jacuzzi Splot. I, I, need, I told her I would come back to her, and if I'm dead, I can't do that. If she's dead, I can't do that. And uh, either way. That's true. So Unless, unless we're both dead. Oh. Uh. What's the Barkano afterlife like? It's a real noisy ruckus. Uh, and I need to go back to her, so I need to fulfill my promise. I'm Jacuzzi Splot. I'm going to be cool. And... I'm the hero of the train. <laughs> 1930. Back in time. Dallas Genoide is like, well, well, two people who've beaten me up. Well, I'm immortal now, so I figured I'd come settle a few scores. And Pharaoh's all like, uh, why? Why would you want to do that? Why not just not do that, huh? I'm a massive asshole. Well, Dallas, I don't know what I expected. And then the Gandors are behind him and are like, hey, what the fuck are you doing here, Dallas? Oh, well, I... I Found this Firo guy. I I saw him and some mooks of his shoot up one of your shops. So I figured I'd I'd get revenge on him for you. Oh, that's interesting because Firo's been here all night. Yeah, I think Dallas, you're talking shit. It's interesting that you know that one of our shops has been shot up. Yeah, it's interesting that you're also holding guns. And then so... Keith, Luck, and Berger pop Dallas and his goons in the back of the head with their guns. And that that's a wrap on Dallas. <laughs> we wish. No. Oh. Uh, but very like cold efficiency there. <laughs> well, no wonder they're the head of a the crime mafia. family. Yeah. Yep. When they get shit done, they get shit done, yep. you know? And, oh, Strike three. What should we do with these friggin' bodies, Luck? They're gonna start to smell soon. And Ennis is like, tie them up. You gotta tie them up. You gotta tie up the bodies and burn them. Ennis in the most emotional we've seen her to date. Mm, but she's incapable of emotion. Is she? <gasps> Well, Has is. she discovered something she's been missing all these years? Yeah. Um, her, Friends. Her, I was going to say her cuff. But that's... <laughs> and then we see... Okay, so here's my beef. Okay. We see um, the blood start to form back into Dallas's head and he, like, grins sinisterly. When we next cut back to this scene, mm -hmm. he and his goons have somehow gunned down everyone. Yes. Now, my thing is, mm -hmm. just because you're immortal... Doesn't mean you're competent? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> These guys still all had guns drawn on him and he was on the floor. They could have just popped him in the head again. Eh, uh, well, I mean, maybe they did. Maybe they maybe kept they shooting. Maybe they ran out of shots. Them. Yeah. Miser and... Zillard um, are yeah. currently discussing... Who else, who, who else did you give in... Alex... Who else did you give the elixir to, Miser? Who has the fizzy lifting drink <laughs> glasses, man? I guess I'll know when I'll eat you. And Miser's like, no way, I'm jumping out this window. And Zillard's like, oh yeah, well, I'm jumping out this window. And he jumps right onto the hood of a speeding car. His own speeding car, in fact. Yep. And then we skip back to the train. The rail tracer. I'm a big solipsist. And ah, everyone's going to die when I die, so I'll never die. See, I guess I, I don't have a great imagination because I can't imagine dying. I think the way he words it is like, I own this world because... I don't have a great imagine. I can't imagine dying. So the moment that I die, everyone else around me will die yeah. because they're all in my world. So And then he's like, yeah. he, Lad attacks him and he's like, anything I imagine I can do as he leaps above him and like grabs a gun and fires a shot at him. See, I just wanted to humiliate you because I didn't want to kill you yet. So I just shot off your ear. Yeah. I'm going to kill you in the most humiliating fashion I can think of. I'm going to make you jump from this train of your own free will. Won't that be humiliating? Like, cut down to, he's tied Chez to the wheel strut. 
And he's taken off all of his limbs. And Cheslaw is just sadly being like, I can't trust anyone. They all they're all awful to me all the time. My um my gut my father, guardian, unclear, just tortured me for the for the fucking sake of it, and we see him like, Oh Cheslaw, we've gotta find out the limits of our immortality. Heating up like hot knife to put in Cheslaw's eyes. And he just bonk right in there. Yep. Very unpleasant. And then he's like sharpening a knife and... A big butcher's knife. Yep, yep. Why, why does it look like you're enjoying this so much? Oh, Cheslaw, I'm not enjoying this at all. Quick cutaway to one to the rope that was around Cheslaw's right hand on the floor. <gasps> and he's like, and I'm not enjoying this either. And Cheslaw eats him. Just sucks him up. Gotta say, gotta, like, to- being tortured aside, gotta be pretty fucking weird for Cheslaw to both have the memories of... Being tortured and doing the torturing. Because mm, he ate that guy and got his memories. Oh, you're right. He would have. That would fuck you up. That would mess you up. So he basically says, I'm never going to trust anyone ever, 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 ever again. No no forgiveness. Yeah. No hope. When I ate his mind, I could tell he didn't care for me and just was having fun abusing me. Isaac and Maria are like, oh no, Cheslaw's down there. We need to save him because we're trustworthy allies. Yeah, I'll never trust anyone. Cheslaw, Cheslaw, take my hand. And Maria has like, she's got one hand on the train, um, the open carriage doorway. Mm -hmm. And she's with her other hand extending Isaac down towards Ches. uh, And they're both like doing their best to hang on. uh, Mm -hmm. And he's reaching down towards Cheslaw and his right hand is in front of Cheslaw's face. And then... Cheslaw's like... He sees he's got a small cut on his wrist and Cheslaw sees the blood slowly flow back into... (gasps) And Cheslaw immediately is like, oh my God, it was him all along. Maria, he's still alive. Don't touch me with your right hand, old man. And tries to slap him away. They go flying and they're all falling off the... Like, uh... So it's, it gets quite it's farcical a, quite quickly. It's a volcano. <laughs> so now, uh, Cheslaw they're is all like onion. horizontal. Fl- it's it's very um, that bit in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five Vento Oreo mm-hmm. where uh, Prosciutto and Bruno are flying on the outside of the train by the fishing hook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it goes. Maria's holding on to the train. Yep. But she's very quickly slipping off. Isaac is holding on to her ankle with one hand and like hugging Cheslaw to his chest with the other. They slip off and then in what I think is quite a touching moment of symbolism, mm-hmm. they come together in like a face-to-face hug uh, a, style A three-way thing, hug. Crucially to cradle Cheslaw safely between their bodies. Mm. Which is, you know, obviously him having just been like, I can never trust anyone for them to both essentially be like, we've got to protect Cheslaw yes. at the cost of our own lives. Mm. It's quite nice. It's a bit on the nose, but you I mean, it. it would be on the nose if they said something. Cheslaw... It's just part of the blocking, yeah, you it, know? It would be a real Death Stranding moment <laughs> if they were like, Cheslaw, we're here to save you. That's why we're called Save People. <laughs> because we're trying to save you. We're really trustworthy. <laughs> the anagram of our names is trust. Oh God, Lad and Claire talk for a while about how they're going to kill each other and Claire's like, hey, what about that woman in the white dress that you like? Oh, I'm just going to kill her. She only wants to be killed by me and I want to kill her. That's a weird motivation, Lad. Yeah, but... I mean, I'm kind of fucked up, but you're pretty fucked up. You know what, Lad? I reckon I know how I'm going to get you off this train. And Lua is back like a carriage back, like halfway up the train and... Lad runs over to her, but in that time, Claire hops off one side of the train, and then before Lad can get to her, he pops back up, grabbing her along the way, and has, like, his hand around her throat. Mm. And he's like, I got this big old rope, and there's, like, a, um, a post we're passing. I'm gonna put this rope around her neck, throw the hook onto the other end, and, uh, bye bye uh, but the rope is very quickly being like, and as like, it untwines. Yeah, yeah. As, as Lad's like, oh god, I've got to make a decision here. Do I want to kill this guy or do I want to save Lua? And the obvious decision is, cut away. Barkano. Nice is throwing heaps of bombs and luxuriating in the explosions. She is more or less getting aroused from fireworks going <laughs> off. We gotta go. We gotta meet up with Jacuzzi. Oh, but I'm having so much fun. And then she just throws another one. Yep. And then starts running off. Oh no, it's Mr. Goose. He he popped in through the window and kicked them. <laughs> like so many people have these episodes. Oh my god, just kicks the fucking dudes down. I should have known floor. not to just treat you like a kid. <sighs> you were too sneaky. Hiding fireworks in your gown. I'm going to kill you now. Oh no, Jacuzzi kicks down the door with a Tommy gun. Nice, I'm here to save you. Other guys are like, shit, I better find cover and not die. He hops into another room and he's like, this is just a challenge that I must uh, pr- uh, surpass to ascend like Huey. 
Ah, oh, I get it. It's a test. You bring me the device. Um, so, wait, hang on. Is then we're back in the alleyway. All right, we're back in the alleyway. <laughs> Dallas and his goons have gunned down Ennis, Firo, and the Gandors, and like, let's get out of here before that woman regenerates. And then they're running down the alleyway, big blaring headlights, and Isaac and Maria are driving Zillard's car. Like, we've never stolen a car this big before, and they've got the um the jittery cobblestone. Voices of the uh, back alleys. Oh, we've never stolen. Yeah. It's just as big as the alleyway. This is perfect for us to run over Dallas. Oh, great. It's those guys. Get them. Yeah, let's get them. What I love is that they really have no qualms about hitting them with a car. <laughs> you know? We did it. We saved them. And then as they're celebrating and looking back through the, um, the rear window, this is the moment where Zillard jumped out of the window right into their speeding car. <laughs> And they, they are like, ah, and they back up and reverse and run over Dallas again. So silly. So surprisingly competent. Um, they're just like, we don't get to hear their comments, but then we're back on the, like, Lad Russo yep. top train bit. Lad leaps after um, Lua, grabs her, staring into her eyes. If I could kill you right now, I would. What a fucking weirdo. I don't understand And then her. he's grabbing the rope that was around her neck to give it slack and holding onto it so, and getting such serious rope burn, his fingers are ripped off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he mm. saves her life. It's more or less a, la- a rap on Lad Russo, I'm pretty sure. There you go. He's off the train. Uh, with and Lua. Claire looks at the camera and says, no tickets. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Could you imagine that, though? That'd be hilarious. Jacuzzi, niece, and Nick. Hey, guys, get back to the dining car. Donnie is looking after the caboose or whatever. You go meet up with him. I'm going to get on the roof of this train and fight Mr. Goose, who has a flamethrower now. Okay, and niece lifts up her glasses and her eye patch is like, take my last cherry bomb, which is uh, in the, my eye socket. Ah, uh, weird. I get it. Who's going to search there, you know? I mean, literally anyone. They're just like, please remove the eye patch. I don't know. I don't buy it. Really? Who's going to want to look in a gross eye socket? A security guard? Nah. <laughs> okay. All right. So Goose and Jacuzzi are fighting on top of the train. Jacuzzi quickly runs out of ammo and has to run away because he's got a flamethrower. So he's just there being like, that's right, the device. It was a flamethrower. And now I'm going to throw you flames. Simultaneously, uh, falling through the air, cradling Cheslaw, Isaac and Maria are thrown a rope by the hero of the train, Rachel. Ah, nice. They're hanging on to that now. Very Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... They're getting flung around. Claire sees them <laughs> hopping around the train like a maniac repositions the rope so that they go over it past Goose and Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi's like, what the fuck? He jumps over the rope, it trips Goose. Um, And then in the caboose, or the luggage cart or whatever it is, where Donnie is, Claire hops in and is like, hey, big guy, take this rope because that kid's a shit, but those two are paying customers. And Donnie's all like, what? What the hell are you talking about? Uh, oh, this has become a very serious situation indeed. I love the way just these two different, like, climaxes just coincide right now. Or three of them, I suppose. Claire's there too. Mm. It's like everyone was on top or outside the train and for so long they were disparate and now they're all just colliding. Now they're all just there. They're all just the same bunch of people. Oh, that's right. So Rachel was trying to hang on to them, but her wounded leg gave way. And so they went flying for a second and then Claire Claire. leapt around. Yeah, Claire came down and was all like, hey, I'm here to save the day. Yep. Looking after the pan passengers. That's it. It's all about the train. Few more lemures in the dining cart. <laughs> like, we're here to take it hostage now. But it turns out, uh, because everyone's numbers are getting depleted, all the passengers just went and got Tommy guns. So now Ian and Fan are just like, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got guns now, mate. So you better put them down and become hostages like we were. Ro-ro. Big lol. And then there's just Goose chasing Jacuzzi down the, um, down the train with the flamethrower laughing like Hank Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then getting tripped up by the rope. And then, niece is uh, like, hey, Jacuzzi, blow something up on your way out. It would really help me out. <laughs> In fact, I didn't even give you my coat. Oh. A lot of shots of just Isaac's, like, Lupin the Third style screaming face. <laughs> A lot of shots. We're back in time. Back in the alleyway. In Zillard's car, Isaac and Maria are like, what was that? Ennis, you've got to save Isaac. And Zillard is like, hey, Ennis, why are they driving my car? We'll discuss this later. Let's swap places. I'll kill Miser and you kill them. And Ennis takes the knife and is like, oh, sorry, I've got to kill them because he tells me to and he can kill me with a thought. And then 
Uh, Zillard shoots out Miser's knees so he mm-hmm. can't run away. Oh, you're you're truly a foolish, sentimental fool, Miser. And Ennis is like, sorry, guys. I've got to, I'm going to kill. i got low self-esteem. She's just a piece of trash. Genetic offspring of mine. And then... No, Ennis, no! Last shot is Ennis looming over the car with a knife, being all like, gotta uh, kill sorry, her. Sorry, guys, I like you, but... Uh, that's it. That's my job. <laughs> and that's a Bacchano. That's a Bacchano, baby. The next episode, we'll see. Will Isaac Maria live past this very awkward moment with Ennis? So, Nick, what are our highlights and lowlights from these two eppies? Hmm. I want to say my highlight has got to be uh the... I want to say Isaac and Maria saving Cheslaw. Mm, that was nice. Because in that moment, we had a really good bit where Cheslaw's like, don't bring your right hand up to yeah, me. Yeah, freaking out. Does not want to get eaten. And I was like, oh my the god. The horrifying I... realisation that Isaac is the immortal he's been worried about this whole time. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, that's really neat. The fact that he can't take his hand because... He's scared all... I mean, yeah. he could if he wasn't so traumatised by being exactly. constantly betrayed and tortured by everyone. But it's just that idea of like, oh my god, of course he wouldn't want to be touched by his yeah. right hand. It's, they've, yeah. they've laid their groundwork well. Mm, they have. I like that. I like that a lot. Just that one moment where I'm like, oh my god, that's really cool. Yeah. My highlight is uh, just that moment with... Uh, Isaac and Maria on the rope, flailing around, intersecting with everyone else's plot lines for a moment. It's like jacuzzis up there, Rachel's helping, the rail traces, like... Yeah, it just all kind of comes together in a way I really like. Mm. It's good stuff. I do also enjoy that in that moment when uh, the rail tracer hands over the rope to Donnie. Yeah. How Donnie is just unfazed and he's like, hey, who's who's this? I'm a freaking huge guy, I guess I'll reel in this rope. Yeah, but just this random blood-soaked stranger... And then meanwhile, the end of the rope, rope. jacuzzi is like, oh, you don't realise that the line redirects whatever force is dealt to it, Isaac. (laughs) Wait, what? Jojo. Fall into the hell of a thousand miles per hour. (laughs) Oh, no. Um... Low lights. Low lights. My low light has got to just be Lad Russo's entire motivation. He goes on for a while. But also, like, it doesn't make a whole lot of he sense. He just wants to pick fights and kill people. But it's just He's like, a classic Joker type. But it's like, eh. Like, it doesn't really lead anywhere. Lad or... Russo is like a dog chasing a car. He loves cars and he wants to drive them. But it's just weird. Like, the Joker's all about spreading as much chaos as possible. So it's like, you know, a real anarchy kind of... Spread nonsense. He's a regular fight. Max Anarchy by Platinum Games. Yeah, but Lad Russo's like, I specifically only want to kill this kind of person. Everyone else I can't be fucked with. I just really it's hate like, smug bastards. Yeah, but it's like, what? What? And then at the end, it's like, would you kill Lord? It's like, nah, I'm gonna kill her, but only I can kill her. So like, why don't you? It's like, because only I can kill her. I've got a lot of things on my schedule, man. And it's just like, what the? You know, a lot of people to kill. Yeah. Well, he said in one of his first episodes, he wants to kill everyone who loves life more than Lua, then kill Lua. Oh, so ev- that's right. So he wants to kill everyone. Yeah, because like, what's Lua's whole deal? Yeah, okay. He's not really given a lot to say or do in this show. It's true. It's true. It's like she actually shouted in this episode, which is probably the first time we've heard her speak above a, 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 mild a, tiled, a tired whisper. Yeah. Lad, help me! It was still pretty... Like, I'll help you, Lua, so I can kill you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's your low light? Man? My low light... Tough. Very good episodes. Mm. I just... I'm not engaged with Firo, you know? They push him as protagonisty, and he just... He has not really done anything other than fight Miser briefly in, like, a, a match, you know? Yeah. Maybe they'll bring it back next episode. Maybe he will save Miser from Zillard, but... Who knows? Who knows? Who fucking knows? Which pr- probably is a good segue into predictions, actually. So, Nick, yeah. uh, everything is coming to a head on the Transcontinental Express, the flying pussyfoot. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Goose is fighting Jacuzzi on top of the train. Uh-huh. Jacuzzi only has a sentimental cherry bomb left. He does. And no way to light it other than his enemy's flamethrower. <laughs> I wonder what he'll do. Isaac and Maria are hanging from the train, but rapidly being reeled in by Donnie, preserving the life of dear, sweet, vulnerable Cheslaw. Passengers have regained control of the dining cart. Uh, meanwhile, Gandors and Firo and... Oh, Gandors and Firo have been shot up. Mm-hmm. Last time we saw them, they were all bleeding out on the floor, but Ennis is up and about now. Ennis has been commanded to kill Isaac and Maria, and Miser is on his knees in front of Zillard. Meanwhile, in 1932, the Gandors seem to know where Dallas Genoard is, and Eve wants to know. 
What will happen on next episode of Barkano, the final episode of the original TV airing, followed by three subsequent OVA releases. Mm Mm-hmm. Entitled. Entitled. It all comes to a head now, motherfuckers. Both the life of an immortal and a mortal are equally glorified. And in the subsequent episode that we will also discuss... Mm-hmm. Graham Spector's Love and Peace. What? Graham Spector's Love and Peace. What? Okay. Uh, okay. So next episode in the original TV airing. It's probably a safe bet that that will wrap up most of the plot yeah. lines. Because they they'd want to have a... a Nice bow on the TV broadcast season. Mm. I reckon Jacuzzi will light the cherry bomb with the flamethrower and then chuck it at the guy. It's a very precise motion to not get your body burnt off by a flamethrower. Oh, but I reckon it'll be like through the fire and the flames. Oh, he'll throw it through the... I get it. Yep. He'll throw the um, the bomb and the then cherry it'll, bomb. Hit, it'll hit the guy, but it doesn't have enough oomph, you know? So it won't really knock him back, but well, then it'll kick him off the train. And also, I imagine that... I mean, it, you know, logic dictates that the contents of a flamethrower fuel tank have got to be pretty flammable. I guess. <laughs> so either he'll explode gloriously or... Wait, wasn't there a part of the train that came off? No, you keep asking this. I'm pretty sure mm. not. Mm. Okay. Either he'll... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure not. He either explodes in a glorious fury or uh, Jacuzzi will kick him off the train. We've still got a hell of a lot of luggage, uh... That needs to land up in a river with Shane on it. True. Maybe it'll just explode and then veer off into a river. <laughs> M- maybe. I don't know. But, you know, Shane will be on that side of the train, so who knows? Presumably Lad. We've seen what happens to him to end up being surrounded by detectives ranting about how he's going to kill everyone. Yeah, I reckon that's just the rap on Lad. Though I'm pretty sure he had a gun at that time. Lad always has a gun. <laughs> he always has a gun. Uh, and the alleyway. The alleyway. Ennis will turn on Zillard, yeah. stab him in the back, uh-huh. and then be like, well, he's going to come back in like 10 minutes. So so who's going to eat him? And then no one will. And what about uh, Firo and the Gandors? We know they become immortal. Mm. They've just been shot a lot. What if in that party... Uh, someone passed around the liquor? Yeah, they uh, accidentally started drinking up the liquor. That'd be good. Not knowing... That it was the immortality elixir. Yeah, I, I don't remember the particulars of it. I figure either that's got to be what happened or before Ennis met up with Zillard in the alleyway, she's like, i got to save their lives because they've been good to me. Mm. Glug, glug, glug. Maybe. But I mean, would it but work? But then Isaac on... and Maria, when would they have done it? Yeah. yeah. I, reckon, I reckon you're on the money. I think so. I think so. Because then it would be even funnier when they're just like, hey guys, it's me, Isaac, and it's me, Maria. Let's just have a good bit of liquor that we found. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it just so happened they were sitting at the right table at the yeah, right yeah. time or something. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, and then the train will come to its destination. Yep. And as we saw in episode one, the characters will depart. And no one will know anything The else. rest of the story. Oh, but Except Eve, for the newspaper. Will, yeah, except the newspaper will be like, well, what happened to Dallas Genoa then? And then Dallas will be fjorded out of a river. Yep. And Eve will be all like... Fjorded. That's not what that means. And then Eve will be like, you know... Leave him there. He's happier there. And then Dallas will be like, what? And then he'll just sink back down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Graham Spector's love and peace. Who's Graham Spector? (laughs) I don't really know. Uh, Is is he an author that we haven't met? Or maybe it's from the perspective of Graham Spector being like, I read about the flying pussyfoot and I decided to- I want some of that fucking elixir. Yeah. So maybe it's just him being like, I want to know more about it and following up. After the Flying Pussyfoot. Right. After reading up on Carol's hit piece on the Flying Pussyfoot. (laughs) Hit piece? Yeah. Being like, are trains dangerous? The Flying Pussyfoot. A case study. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know though. Dallas Spectre. Graham Spectre. Graham Spectre. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's just a matter of like, there's a guy who'll be talking about War and Peace and then Love and Peace. Wait, is Graham Spector's love and peace? Yeah. I thought it was war and peace. No. Oh. Well, just talking about that shit and just being like, Hey man. This is this is what it is. And then let's talk about what happened after the flying pussy. I'm food. a ghost and my name is Graham. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good ghost name, I guess. Yeah. All right. We'll find out next time. Yep. Cool. Bacano, baby. So we've got, uh, I, the way I figure it, mm-hmm. we've got four episodes of Bacano left. That's two episodes of JoJo's World. And then- Spicy. And we've got to figure out something. Probably do a couple more of the JoJo OVAs. Of course, of course. Oh, Nick, I'm very excited to share with the podcast the news that I shared with you recently. Mm-hmm. Two bits of Thus Spoke Kashibe Rohan news. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, they are doing a live-action adaptation, uh, premiering in Japan in December of 2020. Very keen. Very keen. Uh, and also, the animated adaptations are coming to Netflix soon. <gasps> yes! Because we've already watched them and JoJo's world of them, but for the less enterprising of our listeners in terms of tracking down content, that's going to be there. Hell fucking yeah. It's going to be a good time. Good time. Still no official word on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean. Where is it? Gimme. I need it. Gimme that Joj. There's one thing I live for. Pass that sweet Joj to me, <laughs> baby. Puff, puff. <laughs> That's the noise a train makes. Oh, I get it. <laughs> You're the flying pussy. Oh, man, I love the bit. My highlight is the bit where Rachel is like, I love big, beautiful trains. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time... Um, no. Um, then when we're done with the Jojo OVAs, we'll probably do some uh, Utana. Yep, yep, which is the weird, the surreal it's a, like well, It's an archetypal, like, uh, female character uh, action anime that went on to inspire, like, the likes of Sailor Moon and Steven Universe. Did it inspire them? Some, some elements. Oh, I nice. Don't know. Cool. Oh, man. Uh, and then after that, I think it's a Nick pick. It might be Trigon. It's probably a good idea to do something more accessible than Barkano at some point. <laughs> yes. But, you know, of course, as I've said a lot recently, I'm moving away from wanting to commodify this and just doing fun things that are interesting to me. Hmm, indeed. Yeah. And that's a Jojo, baby. That's a spicy podcast. And that's To Be Continued. To Be Continued. Arrivederci.